all, welcome to episode 102 of Two Minutes for Chatting. It's been a few weeks since we were last on, um, but in that time, I think a lot of teams in the Elite League have sort of completed their rosters, so we want to take a chance to go over some of that. Looking like quite an exciting season. Um, there was a clan Q&A video which produced some answers of varying effectiveness <laughs> uh, and a bit of a change to the, the pre-season schedule as well as I think talking about just generally like what we're expecting from each of the each of the teams where we think they're going to finish in the league and the sort of guys to watch so a good episode I think hopefully and it actually just sort of builds more excitement for the season really. Yeah, that's it. It's a, it'll be informative, um, as always. Your your two favourite ice hockey podcast hosts. Yeah, I mean, where else? Where else would you go to hear a completely accurate prediction about how the league's going to finish? <laughs> Although saying that, I think I was mine was not bad last yours was year. Good. Yeah, not, yours was good. That was one of my few uh, highlights in the predictions last year. So we'll see if I can do the same this time, but um, we'll, I guess we'll find out in March or April, whenever it is, just how well we've done. Um, but just to start with the clan stuff, uh, we were due to play Dundee home and away on the uh, 3rd and 4th of September, I think. We're now playing Fife away on Friday the 2nd, and then Dundee at home on Saturday the 3rd. We bit of a change there. I mean, it's gone are the days when we used to play uh, some foreign opposition, which was quite cool. I actually came up on the Q and A a bit, but why we don't really do that? Basically down to cost, obviously. But seeing Fife and Dundee pre-season, it's not really very exciting. But I guess the main thing is getting the team back on the ice and get some action. Yeah, so it'll just be about getting some match sharpness and. Um, allows Malcolm Cameron to have a proper look at, at lines and um, special teams and that kind of thing. So it's obviously a worthwhile exercise, but I would I would rather not play Fife and Dundee. Um, I'd rather not play Fife the the week before we play them in a competitive match. But it's just the way that things are. Yes, that's a good point actually. But um, they're they're both pretty much um, not completely changed but heavily changed teams I would say from from last season and maybe the continuity factor that we've got will, will help us a bit more in those games. I like to think that we can um, start that pre-season with, uh, with two wins. Obviously the team just starting to arrive now and that's based on the Ace and the arena and how that's all set up, but it gives us a couple of weeks to work on things and uh, I suppose scout out Dundee and Fife in a way, but I don't really think these pre-season games are, are too much of a, you can make too much of a judgement on them, but other than sort of seeing some of your, your new players come in and what they're all about kind of thing. It's always exciting seeing seeing you guys come in and, and how they're going to set up and um, 
how they're going to play that kind of thing. So it will be exciting. I am going to the Dundee game, uh, but I mean, it's a, a separate issue is around pricing for these tickets, and you know, it's, it is a pre-season game. So, can you really charge the same amount as a regular season ticket? And I know it's. A, um, I guess we'll kind of touch on this in the Q and A, but this uh the four pack of games. Yeah, which that name four pack of clans is just nah. <laughs> I'm not having that. Obviously, it's supposed to be kind of funny, uh-huh. but I just don't really think it is. <laughs> why does why does it need a name, and why does it need a name with those connotations? Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't need to be a funny name. Yeah, it just. Be, <laughs> um, I don't know. But that is yeah. what it is. Uh, so that, well, I guess we've kind of spoke about that now. So was it yeah. so that the, the pre-season game and the three Challenge yeah, Cup three games? Challenge Cup, yeah, aren't included in the season ticket. So yeah. I think they're being sold in this um, group of four for, actually, I don't know. I've not even checked how much it is, but individual games are the same price as... As they were last season, is that right? I think that's slightly more expensive. I think it's right, so they've even gone up. Just for me, I think. Uh, I, I don't know if it depends where you sit or whatever, but the tickets that I've got were slightly more expensive than last season. And I was kind of basing or I was basing the the four game package off of last season, and I didn't think there was too much of a difference. So you wouldn't really be making too much of a saving, and also, um, you know, it's whether you'd be able to go to all, all four mm-hmm. as well. Um, so I, I decided against that, but yeah, I think the the ticket for for next Saturday is is slightly more expensive for me anyway. Yeah, that was that was definitely covered in the Q and A. Um, so I mean, it's it's disappointing to hear that. The prices are what they are for individual pre-season games, but as you said, what's what's new there? Uh, other uh, the other kind of um, interesting, if you could call them that, points that came out of it. Uh, the main one was around sort of investment in the arena, and that covered stuff like a a big screen, a jumbotron, as they call it. And a lot of these questions were answered like, yes, it's something we're looking at, but it's not going to happen straight away. To be fair, they were talking about costs of energy and stuff. Obviously, at the moment, it's it's gone up through the roof, really, the costs. So a lot of things are kind of being put on hold, like development of a, a bar, maybe behind, you know, under one of the the stands just when you're in the arena that yeah. kind of space uh, and like I think Jerry had said that you could make about a million pounds investment in the arena and not really notice so there's the kind of ongoing stuff that they've got to do Yeah. and then the big things, the cost given for a big screen was you know hundreds of thousands and I get that, that I, I don't mind that we don't have a big screen but 
I guess the, the main thing is that now they own the arena as such, they're able to make these investments and bring the standard of small things up. And that's really the, the important thing. I don't know yeah. if you've got any particular thoughts on individual things that you'd, you'd like to see in the short term. Um, not really, to be honest. I think, like, I think overall it's it's fine as it is. What I would like to see is, I'd like to see is advertise better, and you know, have have more sellouts throughout the season. Because then that's really the way that you sort of build. You you kind of build on that if you can get you sell out match nights. Then you know, there's the possibility you'd maybe look at expanding the seating capacity or whatever. Uh, I don't know how viable that is really, but um, yeah, I don't know. The, the big screen thing for me is not really it's not really something that I mean, it would be nice to have, obviously if, if money wasn't an option, but it clearly it is, and I, I don't think it should be at the at the forefront of of people's minds really. It would be good to see instant replays and that kind of thing. Um, and any sort of goal decisions or goals that have been chalked off or whatever. That would be good to see, I think, but we've got a scoreboard there. That's kind of the main thing. I don't really... I'm not too fussed about a, about a big screen, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I tend to agree, and it would be a case of where the, where does it go? Does it go on a wall? Is it in the middle, hung from the roof kind of thing, all that sort of stuff? Yeah. Um, they're talking about sponsorship as well. I think all but maybe one sponsor had been retained, which um, seemed to be quite good. I don't know how many more have been brought on board, but sort of the hospitality thing they're looking to improve. And uh, there's also talk about a new entrance from the riverside, basically, mm. because they're, they're looking to have the ice available, you know, for... 15, 20 hours a, a day, basically, to try and allow them to be more income brought in. So all these kind of things are on the cards. But I think, in general, the, the main thing that people want to see is investment in the team. And then a good yeah. team will, will bring more of a crowd. And then from there, you can, you can sort of kick on. I think it's clear that there is more investment in the team this season. Uh, I'm pretty sure there's a quote about the the budget, you know, ha- definitely has increased, and you can see that. Um, but yeah, I'd like to see, like you said, full crowds, and you know, think about how we can get more people in to see the games. Because I feel like hardly any games you're at really are sold out, even if they say they are. I don't feel it sometimes, although the atmosphere is often still quite good. Yeah, there's definitely been a lull in the last few seasons, I would say. Because um, there was a period where it was it was selling out pretty regularly. Um, and kind of since then, it's just it's kind of stagnated and it's maybe even went backwards. So I think maybe looking to kind of rectify that going forward. Um, yeah, we'll see. And I know, like, they'd said they were talking about oh, this off-season has been uh, you know, we've spent the most on recruitment that we've ever spent. And I'm kind of thinking, well, fine. Like I, but, you know, with the sort of 
the cost, everything's going up, and you just kind of expect that to be the case anyway. So I don't, I don't really know how much more is going into the team, but it does look as if, well, on paper, it does look as if there's there's more going in this season than, than in previous years. Yeah, it does, and you've just got to really wait and see how that translates, because I'm sure and, um, if it is the most we've ever spent, I'm not sure it can be, but I feel like that um, Champions Hockey League season must have been a fairly expensive team, but you never know, you know, the, the discussion was that the position that, that we're in now, the start position was kind of like where it was a couple of years ago, but just COVID sort of put an end to a lot of things and delayed stuff with the arena and everything else. So yeah. it's like the first time that they've been able to be in this position to start a season. So here's hoping we'll see how it goes. Having said all that, though, I'd st- well, I don't know if the ice is down currently. I don't. I don't think it is yet, but. That I would anticipate. Why? Why not? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just. I'm. I'm. I'm asking the question because I'm seeing. I'm seeing other teams are already in. They're already training. They're already playing pre-season games. No, I just. Yeah, but these. These. Uh, other teams generally tend to have their shit in order before we do. Obviously, a couple of them are playing. Champions Hockey League as well, are they not? Well, yeah, there will be that. There will be that. Uh, uh, but yes, no, I agree. I think what I would assume what's happening is that ours will start next week and then we'll have those two pre-season games in the middle. Yeah. So it's basically a two-week camp as such. Um, I don't really know how that compares to what we've had before, but yeah. Sure. Yeah. Various I mean, reasons, that's just how it is, I guess. I guess you do, you do kind of rely on guys like coming in and they're, you know, they're ready to go and it's just a case of sort of learning, learning the setup and the lines and whatever else. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, w- I would like to see us come in, not, not a huge amount earlier, but just a week or two earlier, you know, just taking a yeah, two weeks off back. for summer. Yeah. <laughs> back in. Well, I mean, ten days. Ten days. Uh, but oh, I think we'd said before in a previous episode, this will be the first time that we've started and not had a stretch of away games. Yeah. It starts, but I think that is going to help us. And obviously we'll be involved in the cup and stuff. So getting into a routine will be good. Um, but there, there's been a few... A few players, obviously, that, that did leave and, and since last time talked about a couple of them, but I think the main one that comes to mind is Shane Starrett, who's now signed with Kansas City in the East Coast League. Uh, perhaps not the full-time American League contract he would have hoped for, but I think he's one that we just sort of keep an eye on and, fingers crossed, he, he does get a chance at the higher level because... Um, we know how much obviously he he was great for us and Malcolm Cameron had talked about hopefully I'm getting that possible NHL chance and we'll see really 
Yeah, I don't know how. I don't know how likely that will be, but he's, you know, he's joining, he's joining a team in the East Coast Hockey League, and that's that's your in really for for the for the AHL. You know how like how many times have we seen guys' profiles on elite prospects and they've sort of split seasons with AHL teams and that kind of thing. So um, that's obviously the route the route in so um you know I don't I don't have any doubt if he if he performs like he did with us then he'll he'll be in the AHL. I've got no doubt about that. Um that's obviously what he's aiming to what he's aiming to achieve. So it makes sense. It makes sense. It is a it is a shame to, to lose him. But I do think it's better it's better for him to to go over there and, and try and work his way back in. Um Obviously, that's a lot better than than signing for Belfast, which was the the rumor for a while as well. Yeah, I think definitely the uh, Coachella Valley Firebirds are the AHL associate and Seattle Kraken the NHL associate. Um, Coachella, jeez. Yeah, apparently. There we go. So he might might get a chance to go to a couple of festivals when he's there, <laughs> if he's that way inclined. Um. Tim Shoup has turned up at uh, Yokohama Grits in the Asia League. Um, perhaps a, a bit of a surprise move, uh, but seems like the kind of guy, I don't know, quite a skilled league is the impression I get. And a, he was a good skater and maybe his style of play will, will fit in there, but I can imagine you get pretty well paid as well. Yeah, it's quite a cool move. Um, I did also think that they should be sponsored by Yokohama Tires, and they could change their name to Yokohama Grips. Mm. Yeah, that's a missed opportunity. Food for thought. Um, nah, but I mean, I don't really know much about about that league at all. But um, we've had players come from there before, and. Um, I think did Yellowhorn not play? Um, in the Asian yeah, he might well have done. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Rick Jackman did Rick as well. Jackman, yeah, that was yeah, he was the other name I had in mind. So I yeah. mean, it's obviously a good standard, and um, yeah, it's just it's it's quite a cool move. Um, I don't I don't know if he was a guy that I would have wanted back. Yeah, I think he was okay. Like he was he was fine, mm-hmm. but I thought we could upgrade. Yeah, he started really well, I think. So yeah, he did. Is, uh, seemed quite forward-thinking, but um, fairly steady. Yeah, not not one that we were both disappointed to see move on, but I think he'll probably do quite well there. Looks like it's just a sort of three or four import per team league. A um, couple of other American players on that team. The rest are... Japanese, so right. I think that'll be yeah, as you say, quite cool. A bit of a bit of a culture change. So, um, I'm not I'm not gonna say I'll check how he gets on because I'm definitely not. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely not gonna follow that league. You uh, tune in uh, Yokohama highlights. Yeah, but fair fair play to him anyway. Um, Cody Saul, I don't know if we we'd said that he'd moved to. Uh, Fasa 
in Italy. But anyway, he has another guy that I'm not disappointed to to see the see him leave. But um, I wonder how his sort of game will adapt to to the Italian culture. Let's just say maybe he's um, maybe he's going to rack up tons of penalty minutes. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's going to turn into some kind of cultured attacking demon. You never know. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he gets in, in trouble with the refs if he'll start giving loads of hand gestures. <laughs> Things to try and get away with stuff. And I think yeah. um, no, nah, I mean, I don't know. I, I, think, I think that they've fast have got a raw deal there. We've got McParland and they've got Saul. Mm. So you're not wrong. I would say that's an upgrade for us. Yeah, I think so. I think you've got to say that. Um, Guillaume Gauthier moved to Montcalm Batisseurs in the LNAH, which I think is a, a sort of slightly lower down level league in Quebec. Um, looks to me just like a move closer to home type situation for him. Not really get any more to say on that. <laughs> Don't know if you do. No, not really. Um, yeah, I, I don't, he's obviously kind of he's tried to play tried playing abroad and you know, I, I don't know. I thought he was okay. Like, there were spells again kind of similar to Shoot, but I think he towards the end of the season played better than he did at the start. Um but yeah, I don't know. Overall, it's maybe just not. It's not what he's wanting to do, maybe, or um, you know, if he had, if he does have an opportunity that's kind of closer to home, then um, yeah, that's that's probably fair enough, really. Yeah, I think that's that's the case. Um, and then Braylon Schmier, I don't know if we mentioned him either. Um, going to Herner EV in the German third division. Um, it's kind of funny that I always see like Germany three and think that's a step down. I know the standard would be will be quite good there, but I've got a feeling that they probably pay very well. Um, did Mike Hammond a couple of years ago not drop down to that level as well? I don't remember what situation was at Hanover we're in, but um, I suspect Schmier will do quite well there. Really, it was. A good player, if maybe slightly inconsistent towards the end of his spell here, he had definitely had a good impact. Yeah, he did have a good impact. Um, we've kind of spoke about it. It was a, he was a player that we kind of needed at that point. Um, and then again, just kind of tailed off a wee bit towards the end. But um, the initial impact was was very good. Um, you know, I, I think he'll go there and he'll. He'll slot in fine, I think. Um, I was just looking at Mike Hammond there. Yeah, he did. He was there last season. 90 points in 49 games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's ridiculous, really. Um, too good for that level. And as we'll discuss, is now back probably to show us what we'll be missing or what we are missing um, with yep. Nottingham, which is unfortunate. But uh, yeah, I think. I think Schmier will maybe maybe enjoy himself in that league and then and then see what's next. But 
uh, yeah, a bunch of guys that were maybe if I, apart from Saul really, I wasn't wasn't a fan there, but most of those guys were were good in spells, and although I didn't want them back, hopefully they'll do they'll do well. Yeah, exactly. Um, so next thing I think is the the fun bit really to to go through each of the teams this year. Um, pick out some ones to watch, maybe ones not to watch, and then uh, where we think the the league standing is going to finish at the end of it. Um, I, I've kind of done it not too formally. I've I've picked a couple, um, some of them goaltenders, some of them defensemen, some of them forwards. I've not really been been too strict, uh, but. I think if we we just go through each team alphabetically maybe and see where yeah. we end up, see where we agree and disagree. Probably agree on quite a lot, but uh, as usual, nah, we'll try we'll try and find some some areas of disagreement. Yeah, exactly. Let's see. So I'm not going to reveal where each of these teams. I think they'll finish until the end. We'll do a final stand at the end. Um, but starting with Belfast, um, interestingly, Belfast and Cardiff obviously have both played each other twice, so there's that to go on. Um, but the first name I've picked out for Belfast is uh, Peyton Jones, the goaltender. And that's really because he's got a big job to replace Beskarawani. Um, Looked quite impressive from what I saw in the short highlights in the weekend. Uh, and is a guy who I think, like with Belfast, they were a great team last year, obviously. But Beskarawani was needed to keep them in some games and make some big saves. And it's just whether he can do the same. Statistically, looks looks pretty good. Um I've picked him as, as the first one for Belfast because I think he's going to be crucial, really. Yeah, um, <laughs> we'll start off and I'll agree with you in every single way. Um, no, I do think like he's he, he does have a lot to, to live up to there with um, with Beth Grawani away, so it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. I think um, so. he's had a couple of years of professional experience now um, a few AHL games it's um, quite a big guy as well I think that was maybe what they were targeting if they were trying to get started and um, was he 6'4 um, and like if you said that he's, he's looking all right and in, in those highlights I'm pretty sure it like he will be yeah he will be no doubt um, so I think I think they'll be fine there, and time will tell really whether he's he's an upgrade or um, or not on what what was there before. Um, I'm trying to think of one guy. I'm trying to look at see if there's one guy that I've picked out. Well, um, I've got um, forward for me. I like the look of a uh, Chad Butcher. It's interesting. There's, oh, yeah. there's there's quite a lot of um, younger guys that Belfast have brought in, but ones that have uh, 
very good sort of numbers so far in careers, even in university setup. Um, there was one season in particular, medicine had 103 points in 68 games. Um, yeah. But like point a game in the East Coast last season, um, you know, not incredible stats, but um, just, you know, Adam Keefe with his connections seemed to find some very promising young players from be that from like university setups or guys that have played one or two years professionally. Um and then you, you pair that with the returning like Cooper and Conway. Yeah, and they're yeah. they're looking dangerous again, Belfast. Uh and then three new defensemen, Bast, Cullen and Foley. All for me look like good players. Three Americans, very American defence there. Um, but yeah, Belfast to me are looking looking exciting and good again for sure. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think they are. They do seem to kind of be going down a route of having younger types of players in there. Um, yeah, I was just going to say that they're that they're not. They don't recruit in the same way that maybe Nottingham and uh, Sheffield do, and that they've got a. They don't have real guys who've got, you know, stacks of absolute top league experience. Yeah. They've got a whole bunch of very good players that play extremely well together, and it's worked. Yeah, definitely. Right, that's that is a good point to me. Um, we've kind of gone away from that in recent years. Um, but yeah, defence overall, I would say it looks it looks pretty good. Um, they'll be tough to beat as ever. Um, Kevin Rain, obviously a big a big returnee there for for them at the back. Um, in terms of forwards, I kind of looked at um, Derek Angeli. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess kind of similar in a way to, to Chad Butcher. Um, although Angeli's sister was a professional footballer in America. All right. That's quite cool. Um, yeah. Is he a bit taller, maybe more of a power forward? Obviously, he's he's got a good CV. Yeah. So he's maybe one of the more experienced guys, obviously, with his age and where he's played. But hmm. yeah. yeah, no, I would agree with that. I think... Add him and David Gilbert because they kind of looked quite, quite similar in that aspect. Where they're they're quite experienced and kind of bigger guys. Um, so I will I'll go for David Gilbert as my as my one to watch. Um, I imagine he'll he'll fit in there pretty well in the Adam Keith system. Um, but it's difficult to pick just one one player out of that team really. Oh, and it, in terms of top scorers I'll go with Scott Conway again they have lost obviously like a couple of really good players um, you know Boucher and Pickinish obviously um, two big big misses for them but I think you know Adam mm-hmm. Reeves re- recruitment year on year has been has been really good so um I don't imagine that they'll 
miss them too much. No, I I agree. I think Conway scored at least one goal at the weekend against Cardiff. One of them was very good, I think. Um, excellent player and obviously the benefit of of having him is that he counts as does he count as a a GB player? I don't oh, know, maybe not, maybe not actually, maybe not, but anyway. Yeah, top player. I think it's yeah, replacing Pickinich is the big is the big one. Can they do it? I think they've got guys with potential to do it, so they're um, they're gonna be for sure up there challenging. Um another the other team that will definitely be in that top group is Cardiff. They've sort of gone more maybe more back towards where they knew they had success with bringing in Ben Bounds, uh, the return of like Sam Jardin from a couple of seasons ago back on defence. Uh, Joey Martin, obviously, we know what he's capable of, and then you know Brody Reed and Crandall Cox. So they always have a lot of returning players, Cardiff. Um, but I've picked out Marcus Crawford as my one to watch in defence. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, at, I'm, I'm laughing because I've just picked exactly the same guy. Yeah, but you you look at last season, fifty-two yeah. points. Yeah. From defence, a uh, bit of an assist machine it would seem. Um, with twenty-five as well, so he's one to keep an eye on. Uh, and obviously Joey Martin. He's just, you, you know what you're going to get. He's going to score goals and sort of pairing him up with the likes of Reid and uh, Kugler, I think it was, last year, who came in and scored a lot of big goals for them. They're going to be dangerous. Um, just whether all of those guys can come in and, and make the extra bit of difference, because they did fall away slightly in, in league competition last year. Obviously, they win the playoff, but um, in the end, they, they weren't quite up at Belfast pace. So, um, Crawford, for me, yeah, and obviously, you've done the same. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Um, I just think, yeah, I think it could be the league's top scoring demon this season. I think he's, <coughs> he's that kind of profile anyway. Very offensive. Almost a point a game in the East Coast last season. Um, other than that, I have to say, I, I'm a bit kind of, I don't really know how to take this Cardiff team, to be honest. They've, obviously, they've got Ben Bounds back, they've got a number of players back. Um, but I think, we obviously know Bounds is an excellent netminder, but I think he's. A slight downgrade on Matt Carruth. Yeah. Um, I think it's, I think that's fair to say. Um, yeah, came in for a wee bit of stick at the weekend, actually. Yeah. Just, just from what I saw uh, with the, the games against Belfast. Uh, obviously, yeah, obviously a top goaltender, the benefit is, yeah. is you can have another import um Skater as well. That that is big, not to be overlooked. But I kind of do get the same feeling slightly with you. 
from yeah. Cardiff. Um, you know, Ryan Penny signed from Coventry. Yeah, good guys player, like but good yeah. player, but not probably not a difference maker individually. But yeah, it's just really see how all these guys fit in. I think without giving too many spoilers, I, I've not got Cardiff winning the league this year. Um, but yeah. okay. they'll be they'll be competitive. But I like to think we'll be closer to them this mm-hmm. year. You know, we, we think... obviously beat every team, but yeah, we've got to aspire to to compete um, with these guys across the six games or whatever it is they play with them. Oh yeah, we do definitely. Um, we do have quite a it's quite a big team. You like Josh Batch there, obviously. Um, Mark Lewis, obviously, he's been there a few years. We know what to expect from him. Um, and then you signing Josh Britton. Um, he's a big boy. Six, yeah, huge. Four hundred and three kilos. Um, so yeah, I think they'll be they'll be tough to beat. Obviously, Cardiff teams normally are. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you say, they've kind of brought back in some guys from the past. But I just kind of wonder, like, could they've recruited a bit better? I think that might be my question and obviously like Stephen Dixon will be a miss there for sure definitely as well um, yeah whoever's got him is doing well I wonder who that is actually may have to look that up yeah um, tough to tell what what they're going to do um, Cardiff for me I think I've got Joey Martin in as their, as their top scorer I just think he's yeah we know what to expect from him. He'll, he'll deliver for them. Um, yeah, I think Martin or, or Reed. Yeah, Reed as well, yeah. One of those two. But I, I agreed on, on Cardiff. It's a sort of... Now we've said that, they're going to absolutely romp the league, but I do I do know what you, you mean about that kind of feeling. Um, but I think looking forward to playing them. Uh, Coventry... Another interesting one for me. Um, I've picked out uh, Brock Trotter just because the career he's had played um, NHL, a load of American League games, KHL, Sweden, Austria. Uh, he's played a lot of places, 35. I think he's he's going to be the guy that they look to for not necessarily point scoring, but the experience to sort of hold that those forward lines together. Um, a big miss for them is going to be CJ Mott. Their goaltender this year, uh, Holsa, is Finnish, and he's nearly 28 as well. <laughs> <laughs> but... You know, he's he's played sort of on and off weird. Yeah. Um couple of seasons ago, like he's playing fourteen, fifteen, nineteen games. So I, I think he's maybe played with other goaltenders in a tandem in his time in Finland, but has got some good stats. Uh, but then under 
under 90% last year in uh, Slovakia. So, oh, sorry, Slovenia I was in. Um, so, will they be able to rely on him the same way they did CJ Mott? I don't know. Um, generally, Yellow Horn, we know what he can do, but um, will he be able to replicate that point scoring? Um, and then another couple of interesting signings, but to me, I think I'm not quite seeing where where their goal scoring is going to come from as much as I did uh, last year. And they've obviously lost Yanni Lakinen and Kivalati both to Fife, yeah. which is also an interesting one. Good uh, as well. And yeah, that's that's really the big one, goal scoring. I liked Halbert on defence. Yeah. Um, and Brady Norrish played with Nottingham last year, kind of younger guy, but nobody really standing out as as exceptional. But, you know, I, I think they're going to be competitive at the sort of lower end. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think Trotter really is the one I can't sort of overlook as one to watch. Do you know what they actually kind of remind me of? A, a poor, a poorer clan team from last season. Do you know yeah. what I mean by that? Like yeah, kind of, a wee bit. Kind of lack scoring. Um, apart from a few guys, I don't know. Defense wise, one one big guy, uh, and then like a well, I, I think I'm saying a poor. A poor clan version because I don't think also will be as good as Starrett. Um, yeah. So I think for me there's certain similarities there. Um, yeah, this uh, bigger D-man Alexander Kukali didn't play at all last year, which is kind of strange. But I don't know. Maybe that could be down to injury or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, Garrett Johnson as well looks to be on paper looks like a good addition. Um, and Tana Lashinsky. Yeah, cool name. Yeah, it's a cool name. It's a cool name. I think they're the three new demon that they've got in there. Um, they look again on paper. It looks okay. Like it looks fairly solid, but I'm just not sure about up front. I just yeah, I don't know. John Curran, obviously, he's. He was big for them last season, forty-seven points. Um, but yeah, other than that, I'm kind of looking through it and I'm wondering where the secondary scoring is coming from because you've obviously got Brock Trotter, who is obviously my one to watch as well. Um, yeah, and I think he will be their top point scorer. Um, but yeah, you're looking at it, you know, Trotter and Yellowhorn. It's kind of similar to. To one yellow on last season, yeah. Um, you know, two kind of older guys, and they're going to be carrying the load up front. It seems, but yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting, but I think they've massively downgraded this year. Mm. Yeah, let's it's big, see. Where it's a big year for Danny Stewart. It is actually it is yeah. It's a big year. It is. Let's see where we've both put them in, in the league standings at the end. Uh, Dundee as well. Uh, obviously with them 
Pasha's left after a couple of years and Jeff Mason's come in from Belfast. Uh, I think it's fair to say he's he's gone for um, quite a lot of younger guys, which is fairly consistent with what Dundee's model's been um, previously. Uh, you've got one of the coolest names in the league has to be Colin Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Double double first name. Um, 34 years of age defenseman who's experienced, played in a lot of good leagues. I think he's going to be the one that um, they sort of rely on for um, top line minutes in defence. Uh, I thought it was interesting that they signed uh, Fabrizio Ricci back. Um, yeah. He wasn't great. Well, he, he, fans quite liked him, I think, a few, a few seasons ago. He's a, a big guy. Um, he's gone away and, and done all right. So I think they're going to see a, an improved version of him. Um, but, you know, you don't often see a player come back after a few years. Um, yeah, it's unusual. Been able to retain uh, Philip Sange, who I thought was a, a good to be tricky player last year, but um, you know, with like Dorowitz and Desjardins and Combs all going, there's a there's a lot of points and skill there to replace, um, and then Anton Svensson coming in in net to replace Adam Morrison statistically looks good, you have to say. Um, pretty much consistent with a a high nine, or sort of low to mid-90s save percentage in Sweden. Um, and they, they seem to pick out pretty good goaltenders in the past few years, Dundee. Um, a wee bit older, but not by any means the kind of age that you think is is going to hamper him, whatever it is. I think he'll be he'll be good, and he, he will be relied upon because they've got um, quite a new a new team, a new defence. And Nasland from Fife was a, a funny transfer that loads of Fife fans said, "Please take him, like we'll pay you to take him." <laughs> Which seems a bit harsh on the guy. I don't really remember seeing him and, and being that bad, but that sort of stood out to me is, is a funny one. Uh, but I also like the look of Semyonov's, the Latvian forward, just because we don't see too many Latvians. And yeah. I think he'll be um, a pretty decent player. But again, just to um, sort of stick my my neck out a bit, I think they're, they're going to struggle a wee bit initially with... Uh, just with some of the top talent that other teams have brought in um, and, and the guys that they've lost. I, th- I think it might be a, a tougher season for Dundee, but you really never know. Yeah, um, I tend to agree with most of what you've said there. Um, I would agree as well. I think you know, Charlie Combs and Desjardins and that kind of... Those kind of players leaving, I think the defence as well, like Calvis Ozos and even Kyle Asser, you know, not there anymore. They were huge 
for Dundee. Um, I don't think they've been replaced. You can look at it. They've kind of lost that sort of physical element, I think, to their D. Mm-hmm. Um, which is fine. It's maybe like Jeff Mason going down a different route. Um, but yeah, as a bit of a concern, you're kind of maybe relying on Colin Joe being the the most experienced there and, you know, potential minute muncher next season. For, um, <laughs> Great phrase. <laughs> uh, it's just part of, it's just part of the podcast now, minute muncher. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Anton Svensson uh, was on loan at uh, Malmo Redhawks in the SHL last season. Don't know if he played much, but he was, you know, you're certainly a good a good netminder if you're being if you're being called up to Tally Glitter. Yeah. yeah. Quite a lot of Swedish players actually. Um more yeah. than more than kind of average. So obviously Svensson, Nasland, uh Semyonovs, you who you'd mentioned is a half Swedish, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh and Hugo Reinhardt. So there's a few a few in there. Um yeah, kind of. I don't know. Remains to be seen for me how how well they'll do. Um, but yeah, just to wrap up, I've got Colin Jones, my one to watch, and Philip Sanch. I'm going for a top scorer. Yeah, just for the experience. I think the the one of the things that gives me confidence about Clan this year is is that the turnover has not been. You know, we've been able to retain a lot of the guys that we hoped we would. Um, and yeah, that's where, where some of the teams are going to come unstuck slightly. You know, like Dundee as well, that's four players, four new D. Um, I know we've got a lot of new defensemen, um, but the likes of Kyle Haas, yeah, I think they wanted... Kyle has back and then in forwards they have lost the guys that we've talked about so quite a big turnover there and um, a lot of guys who are just coming off university seasons or kind of first year pro so it's sort of been Dundee's model but I just think um, with it being the first season of, of Mason as full coach and that kind of thing it could be could be tricky for them but you know, we'll see them firsthand next week, so I guess that'll give you a, a bit of an indication. But um, Chris Gary and Matt Cowlett as well from Guildford. Yeah. So. Yep. Guildford are. We'll come on to them shortly, but yeah. they're a very, a very changed team. Um, so Fife, everybody's least favourite team. Um, they are. Including Fife fans, it seems. Even including Fife fans. <laughs> Yeah, even including five fans. Um, Shane Owen being back is massive, as we've always said. He really is a very good goaltender. He's going to need to be again. You almost can't believe that they managed <laughs> to keep a little yeah, I know. Maybe they're spending their whole budget on, on Owen and they just can't believe they the offers. I think that's what's happened in previous years. They obviously lost them for a season at Belfast, but 
good, like to be able to keep a hold of them again is quite unbelievable. Yeah, no, it absolutely is. Um, and they've they've not retained many players at all. Uh, although I, I do think that they'll be better than they were last season. Um, Lucas Sandstrom, who I remember being good for Sheffield a couple of seasons ago, I think that's a good signing for them. Uh, Zach Phillips, who's at Nottingham, another good one, both with potential to put up a lot of points. Um, the two Finns from Coventry. <laughs> uh, to the Jannies. Exactly, yeah. Both both working at a school, I think. Lackanen, <laughs> I believe, is the, the joint oldest player in the league, but I've always admired him as a player. Kivalati put up points as well. So I think they've improved straight away. Um, Dylan Lawrence as well coming in, who's, who's always done all right for a couple of teams he's played for. Uh, but they're maybe... Maybe still a, a couple of signs away from exactly being where they want to. Um, but for me, I think we're going to see a, an improved five this year. And it's it's Phillips and Sandstrom, I think, the two to, to watch for them. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I would agree again. I think they have improved. Um Obviously, getting Shane Owen back is a is a big start. Um, definitely, um, Reese Harsh um, looks like a decent get. Five AHL games last season. Um, Braden Sherbinen as well looks like a very good D man. Um, I'm guessing they've still to sign another D man there because there's only five. Yeah, it's tough to Um but even the five that are there look very strong. Um Cochrane for me is interesting because how much how much is he is he gonna play? I, I think he's just a bit lightweight. Still yeah. obviously we, we saw him a bit last year. Um and if they only have six D then you suspect he'll he'll play fairly regularly. But yeah, the yeah. others look the others look promising there. Emmerdale's been there a couple of years now, I think. Um, yeah, really yeah. solid. But yeah, um, but yeah, like and up top, you know, new new forwards, uh, Shane Cameron or Sean Cameron, sorry, and Zach Phillips look like upgrades from what was there before. Um, top of that, you know, as you've mentioned, the two Jannies. I've signed. I didn't actually realise that Lackanen was forty. That's doesn't play like he's forty. No. Um, the two Jannies and the two Lawrences. Um. So yeah, uh, I mean, I think they could be in with a show of a playoff spot. Um, I don't think they'll be bottom. I'll I'll say that. Um, no. And I've got I've got Zach Phillips as my top scorer um, and my one to watch will be Mikhail Johansson I think it was in that Vekwa team that we played in the Champions Hockey League oh was it right 
Um, I believe so. Yeah. That's a good. Yeah. Um, so he was around at that time. That's a good, good start. And over a point a game in the in the Alps Hockey League. So I think they've got some some good offensive power this year, mm-hmm. and look pretty solid at the back as yeah. well. So going to be going to be quite dangerous, but hopefully not. Yeah. Hopefully not too dangerous. Aye, uh, but we're better as well. So. No, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, Guildford, who I think probably it's fair to say of over the last um, couple of years have, have started to lose some of their top performers. Um, obviously, we've got Dunbar now. I think the retirement of Waters was huge. He basically was guaranteed a goal against us, if nothing else. Um <laughs> But we'll you find know, somebody else. Somebody else yeah, that, I remember. A big, a big turnover of players for Guildford. Um gone with the two goaltenders again, maybe a couple of question marks over them. Um Ben O'Connor coming in defence is I suppose always one to mention, but he's sort of been around a few teams now and not really taking the chances that maybe he would have he would have liked. Uh but forwards, you know, they always play a, a certain fast attacking style, Guildford. Mm. And I think um, Crenella, Eriksson and Tedesco, who famously produced some very good tiling. I've written the same joke. <laughs> um, they were my, my three kind of Guys to watch in the forwards, uh, Ferguson, by lack of it's guys who've, who've returned as well now. Guildford, I think, overall for me, not as good as they were. I know last year they, they started well, but then kind of struggled. Certainly not, not going to be at the heights they were a couple of years ago. And for me, it, it's maybe more a case of just trying to get in the playoffs with Guildford this year. Albeit, I quite like some of the guys they've brought in. I just, I'm just not getting the same feeling that I was from my past Guildford fan. Yeah. Uh, moment past Guildford fan seasons really, but McAdam looks like a good, a good goaltender to say that. Played a good few AHL games, so he'll be solid. Um, and then like Tedesco, what's what's the point? What's <laughs> the points for Fasa last year? Sixty-eight in thirty-nine games. So you know he's he's a danger man. But yeah, just a wee bit like Cardiff. You've just not got that feeling about Guildford the same way that did maybe in the past. Hmm. Um, I, I'll I'll start off with my Daniel Tedesco, my joke, which was uh, his highlights package will be sure to be one of the b- 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 best selections in the land. <laughs> oh dear, yeah. Right, so we can move on now. If you've not turned off, um, I th- I actually think he'll be their top goal scorer, Daniel Tedesco. Um, 
tandem goalies, yeah. Taz Berman, which is yeah, that's an excellent name. Uh, and Eamon McAdam. Um, yeah, as you'd said, McAdam's played at HL for a number of seasons. Uh, safe percentage around 900. Played in Denmark last season. Um, did well there as well, so I think he will be... I, I, I think he'll be up there. Uh, one of the one of the best best in the league this season. Um, in terms of D men, yeah, you kind of mentioned Ben O'Connor. I think that I think that is a really good signing for them, though. He's you know he's, he has kind of went away and it's not maybe worked out for him, but um, for this league, he's a good yeah, he's a good player, um, and obviously fulfills that a good standard of Brit as well. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of returning guys as well as a few new players. Um, Jordan Klimek and Bradley Lalonde. Um, but I think they'll miss Jamal Watson big time. Yeah, um, huge. I don't think they've really replaced him either. I think, you know, they, Guildford normally sort of pride themselves on that kind of high scoring offensive D-man. You've had guys like Jamal Watson and Cali Akrid. They've not... I don't think they've really replaced or got someone in like that this season. Yeah, maybe thinking O'Connor might be that guy, but... Could be, yeah. Could he's be. got a lot... He's got, you know, a lot of pressure if that is the case. Yeah. Um, we'll see what happens there. Um, forwards, yeah, I think... You'd mentioned uh, Cronella. I think he looks very astute. 50 points in 51 games in the East Coast last year, uh, as well as nine AHL games. Like he can kind of play a number of different roles as well, just looking at his, his CV. Um, Swede Johan Eriksson um, comes in from Almtuna, I remember. <laughs> I remember doing a podcast about Almtuna and I was trying to remember what, what player it was. I think it was Luke Pitha. Right. Played with Almtuna. Um, Ex-Nottingham forward. He was a good player. Yeah, he was. Um, and I think maybe Massey Mariamaki also had a spell there. Next Cardiff player. Um, but in terms of what well, I've given you my top scorer, I think Tedesco will be one of the best in the land, and I think Sam Markland will be my one to watch. Um, he's described as a gritty and high energy type of player. Um, he's also played Swedish Hockey League um, for Vekwa. So Vekwa getting a big, a big shout out. Yeah, a big shout out in this pod. Um, and obviously he's, he's got a great name. Markland's got a great name, so all oh, the best, son. <laughs> Um, Same initials and haven't. Yeah, well, yeah, it does actually. Yeah, maybe my favourite player this year. Uh, Manchester Storm. They um, have another, my best. They've get my favourite player this year. We'll be into that. Another um, coaching change with Matt Ginn coming in as as the head coach and Finnerty moving to um, more of a sort of business role. I think. Uh, Again, it seems like I've seen this for every team, but uh, 
I think Manchester maybe going to be more in the, the playoff fight than the sort of top half for me. Uh, Hayden Levine, the goaltender, I've picked him out because if you're if you're the best goaltender in the league as a coach, then you know you've got to pride yourself on finding a good goaltender. Um, he's do had. Think, do you think it will be though? So I think this. I think Levine is going to be. Yeah. No, I don't. Uh, but I think I think he's going to be I think he'll be good. But he's been at seven teams last season, which is a lot a lot of moving around. Um, not played too many games the past couple of years, mm. um, and statistically sort of struggled as well. So I don't want to um, make too many judgments, obviously before we've seen them. But uh, perhaps. Perhaps an area of of concern there, but you know I, I don't think they'll have brought in a goaltender that they don't think can can do the job. Um, Dallas Earhart very consistent in defence. Ekman Larson cool because his brother plays in the NHL. Uh, yeah, but, my favourite, my favourite player. Yeah. Yeah, um, Larson and number seven as well. Of course, yeah, of course. Which, That's definitely been chosen. <laughs> for sure, he's done that. Has to be. Um, but for me, I'm looking at uh, Ryan Barrow and uh, Jordy Stallard on the forwards. It's two to watch. I think Barrow, first year pro, but um, as a junior, had some high scoring seasons and Stallard a centre uh, six foot two had a 91 point season with Prince Albert Raiders and WHL um, which you know you have to be a, obviously a good player to, to record that kind of statistic so those two but other than that I'm I'm slightly worried as it stands for Manchester, if I'm being honest. Uh, they 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 didn't they weren't great last year. Certainly away from away from home they weren't great, and I think that's one of the things they've got to address this year. Um, you know they can't rely on that home ice. And again, but I guess Michael Carroll, quite cool, he's a Scottish Canadian from Kirkcaldy. Uh, or a bat size. <laughs> Which is, you don't see too often, but yeah, Manchester, I think, again, I'm not really sure what to make of them, but a lot's going to depend on that goaltending for me. Yeah, it's a good point. Um, again, I've kind of echoed what you've said there. Um, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on there. Um, and as you've said, Matt, Matt Ginn, obviously, first first season head coach he's going to want to to bring in a decent netminder I would have thought um, and he, but he's obviously got the experience of being a netminder so that might work in Levine's favour yeah um, I wonder if he knows Avril yeah, yeah. Um, who knows could be could be a brother or something they ask him um, 
but yeah, and Dallas, yeah, Hart back there. It's you know, it's a good one to have back. I think he's really kind of made made a home in Manchester. He's a big player for them. Um, Ekman Larson, who we've mentioned, um, won't be anywhere near as good as Henrik, but and certainly not as prolific. Um, no, he would hope not. No. Uh, but I think he's pr- probably more of a stay-at-home type of guy. Um, who else have we got? Forwards, yeah, Ryan Barrow, I think. Um, another young guy that we're kind of seeing a lot of clubs going going in that direction. Um, assistant captain for two two years in Denver. He looks like a good a good solid player. Um, could be big for them. Um, and I've got um, Jesper Orval um, as well as I, I'm going to pick him as the as their top scorer. Um, I think he has scored quite a lot. Um, certainly, like kind of. All right, no, he's not. Okay, ignore, <laughs> ignore that. No, well, he's done all right. He's actually done all right. He's fine, yeah, he's I was right. looking at him thinking he's been fine out. Uh, maybe not prolific, but yeah. But then I don't know. He's kind of averaging up about a point a game just slightly under that in Norway um, not played a lot the last few seasons so um, so yeah maybe not him maybe not yeah it could well be though I don't think there's it an obvious be. standout nah there's not um, there's not there which which is maybe a, a problem that they'll have similarly to um, Coventry in that kind of sense Uh Jake Bricknell, I see, got 99 points in his, Oof. as captain in the OGHL. Bricking it, mate. Um, which is a, a, a bit of an achievement. Um, but then, you know, wasn't really a prolific scorer in the East Coast last year. So, um, yeah, maybe a bit of a struggle to see where the, the points are going to come from. But I think, yeah. I think Manchester are... Uh, are going to be that team that you know are, are strong at home, but um, I, I just don't see them. I don't really see them being able to um, secure a playoff place. To be honest, no, maybe not. Um, I'll stick with Orville for my top scorer, and I'll go Ryan Barrow as my one to watch. But they have lost a lot of guys. Adam Brady. Um, Jared Varnbormer are obviously the two big ones, but Taylor Thompson and Frankie Melton as well. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of change there, and they've obviously kept they've kept guys like Critchlow and Simmons and Fawcett, and I think they've been all right. But I think you know, I think they would rather have kept guys like Adam Brady and Jared Varnbormer. But yeah, both good players. But yeah, they're. Two two big losses. Um, it could be a kind of team that's difficult to beat. I think they'll still be quite good at home, um, but I think they'll find it difficult to score goals. Yeah, can't really argue with any of that. Um, Nottingham always interesting to look at 
a Nottingham team before the season. Uh, <laughs> before it all, all goes wrong. Yeah, well, usually that's that's the thing. Obviously, big change with Pasha um, coming in as as GM and Gary Graham as coach, who's, who's got a very good uh, coaching CV, and I've listened to a bit of you know some of the podcast stuff. He's he talks well, and I think he's. I think he's going to be a, a good coach for them. Um, yeah. A lot of turnaround again, though. Uh, you've got possible question marks over the um, the goaltending. They've gone with um, two goaltenders, Ber- Jack Berry and Alex Dubow. I think Dubow is going to be the, the starting goaltender. Played eight games last year in the DEL, 91% save, which is impressive. Um, but, you know, generally sort of hovering around the, the 90% previously in his career. So I, I don't think statistically either of those goaltenders stand out as as exceptional. But I think elsewhere, you look at Caruso on D, who um, is a... Excellent player. I think he's played at the absolute highest level. A couple of NHL games. Um, very experienced. I think he's going to be the main man in that defence. Um, picking up Craig Moore from Dundee, which is interesting. Played for us. Um, yeah. In Cardiff and various other places. Pasha knows him well, so I think that's the connection there. Um, but then for forwards, you've got to look at Hammond. <laughs> You know how dangerous he's going to be. I think very good signing there. Um, Adam Brady, as, as we've said, did exceptionally for Manchester. So two guys that have league-proven scoring experience. Um, Tanner Sorensen as well was, was one that I picked out. Small forward, but you look at some of the stats... Um, Recently, 56 points in East Coast. Um, played some AHL games. Um, over a point a game with Kalamazoo. Um, and also a, a season of VHL. So I think a sort of speedy centre they've got there that's one to watch for me. Uh, but like they always bring in guys who are obviously good players. It's just a sort of, are they going to come together and and be that team that can challenge for the league? In my opinion, no. But I think just with this complete fresh start, I think we're going to see a a more competitive Nottingham than we did the last couple of years. Yeah, that's fair to say. Um, I won't speak at any length on the goalies because you've pretty much said what what I had for them anyway I do think like I think Dubo will be will be good though um, I don't think he won't be outstanding but I think he could be kind of similar to, to Kevin Carr probably um, they had their last season so um, but yeah I think they've kind of gone They've gone kind of for a better all-round team. Um, 
they do have a lot of guys that are new, but they've also got a lot of guys that have played there before or have previous experience in the league. Um, and you touched on Craig Moore, but um, Matthew Gagnon as well. Back in the league. Back to cause habit. Um, and then forwards, Adam Brady have spoken about. Um, Luke Ferrara, Mike Hammond, Andrew Johnson, ex Coventry forward, um, he's a point of game guy. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a good point. He um, the pickup of Ferrara is is very good. I think Johnson and Ferrara were excellent together a couple yeah. of years ago. I think they both played in the same line, so a bit of chemistry there. Yeah, yeah, they'll be excellent. Um, and then they're one import forward that they've kept from last year. Jeremy Welsh is, was over a point a game as well. Um so I think they've got they've got some real firepower up front. Um yeah, I guess the the question if you look at the team overall is probably the the goaltending. Um but you know if he comes in and he does he does well Dubo then yeah, I think they're they could be up there come the end of the season. I really do. Yeah. Craig Puffer, very cool name. <laughs> um played in Denmark. Looks like a looks like a good player as well. Um Willichka, I'm gonna go with pronunciation. Yeah uh, as well. I'm down as well, yeah, it looks quite good. Like, they're, they're always these sort of the big arena teams are always you can pick out most of the players. Um it's yeah. rare that somebody looks like a a weak link, um, but yeah, I think we're going to have some good games in Nottingham this year. Uh, and obviously, finally, Sheffield. I think um, possibly a bit of a a change for them as well. Uh, two goaltenders, I think, that look very good to me. That's that's the first thing they've sort of in the past relied on. Having one one goaltender plays the majority of the games. I think you'll see a, a bit more of a a shared situation. But Greenfield statistically compared to other goaltenders in that league and ones that we've seen in the elite league have come from the East Coast looks very good to me. Um, I like the look of Matt Petgrave, great CV and on defence. Um. Always seem to sign good Czech players as well. Like Aaron Fox is, I think, got good scouting set up there. Um, Latal, who's extremely quick, um, but joined with Adam Raska. Um, and uh, I think the, the guy Thomas Petul came in as a sort of injury replacement for Mason Mitchell, but again, He's not really had a bad check player in the last couple of years. Um, the thing about uh, Sheffield is they've got the likes of um, David Phillips, Robert Dowd, Jonathan Phillips, like the very good Brits. Dowd's guaranteed to score goals. Um, and then bringing in the the imports Brendan Connolly as well coming off an injury. It's interesting to see how he does. But um, the guy I've I've picked out as top goal scorer 
um, is Daniel Ciampini. Let's say Ciampini because it sounds cooler. Who's uh, had a couple of good scoring seasons in in Norway and Austria. I'm just got a feeling for for him as top top point scorer, but again they look strong as always to me, Sheffield and yeah, tough to beat. Yeah, um although having said that, I, I don't actually think they're I don't think they'll be as good. Um I think they've maybe downgraded slightly in the forwards on last year. Um Although having said that, I think um, you'd mentioned Campini, but I'm going to go Scott Allen, ex-Celtic and Hibs legend. Mm-hmm. Now uh, of our broth. Now of our broth, yeah. On a two-way deal with the Steelers. Um, I think he'll be their top scorer. Um, and obviously, Martin Latau is, you know, a known quantity for us. He was just, he's excellent to watch. Um, so he'll be a real a real danger man for them but they have lost players as well so um, we know Valorant obviously yeah uh, that's, that's huge and it's hard to replace yeah huge um, will be tough to replace um, I guess if they do have Brendan Conley back which you touched on as well so it'll be interesting to see if he can stay fit or what kind of season we're going to get out of him. Um, and yeah, Matt Pegrave was one D-man that I'd singled out as well. Um, although he took 145 penalty minutes last season. So if you get that and you've got Brendan Connolly taking minutes, then there could be issues there. But, um, but yeah, two, two really good netminders. Um, it's got to be said, so. Um, Ostland, I think, will play more. Um, he's played DEL, Norway, SHL mm. uh, across Europe with some very good safe percentages in there. So I imagine he'll be the one, but Matt Greenfield's also a strong netminder, so they've really got kind of two 1A options, I guess. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know, they'll be. There or thereabouts, I don't know. I think if you ask Sheffield fans, they'll probably tell you that they've not upgraded. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they how they do this year. Yeah, Brandon McNally, of course, of Cardiff fame last year. <laughs> yeah. Uh, did they not throw at somebody through like a bottle into the ice or whatever it was? And he, remember he was running up the stair or trying to run up the stairs to fight the guy in Dundee. Oh, that was, yeah, right, okay, yeah, that was McNally. I think that was, right, okay. was McNally, yeah. The fan, um, the fan ran down. Oh, yes. Ran down the <laughs> okay, well, it'd be funny McNally if he running up. up the stairs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that, I think that's kind of why he only played 37 games. I'm sure he got a pretty significant ban for that. Um, yeah, so I yeah, think... A fairly yeah. hot-headed guy. I think oh, how did team? Um, yeah, it's it's they're gonna be they're gonna be feisty. Um Mason Mitchell as well, I like to look at him. It's a bit unfortunate for them that 
it's going to be out for a, a wee while. Um, but he looked like quite a, you know, quite a, a physical player as well. So, yeah, in- interesting you point that out. I think, I think they've gone more to the physical side, but as last year, fair to say, maybe more of a, a speedy team. Um, I'd say more it will be uh, a sort of tougher, uglier game almost with them. But I wonder if they've tried to. No, like, because obviously last year they had quite a lot of skilled players and um, did pick up injuries. And I wonder if it's just Aaron Fox is trying to find a balance there between having loads of really skilled players and having a bit of physicality as well. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think because you'd Valorand, obviously, um, DeLuca had his the issues with the, the drug test as well, too fast goal scorers, I think they are moving away from that a wee bit. Um but yeah, yeah, they're um they're a they're a more physical team, so I think that's how they're gonna play a bit. Uh you know, there, there's gonna be some some fights with Sheffield players this year, I think. More so than last year. Um right, so league predictions. Yeah, really. Finish off with uh, one. T- I'll just give you my one to ten. I think these are going to be different. <laughs> We're going to be I, different, I which, will, I, yeah. which I like. Um, so I've actually been quite optimistic as well. But anyway, Ooh. I've got Belfast to win the league. I've got Sheffield second. Cardiff third, Clan fourth, Nottingham fifth. Then I've got Guildford six, Coventry seven, Dundee eight, Fife nine, and Manchester ten. <laughs> right, okay. We are different then. So I've got Clan finishing ahead of Nottingham, which would be an achievement. Um, it's it a bit, yeah. I'm not really sure I should have done that, but I was going hard. I was going hard overhead. No, that's fine. I've done exactly the same. And then, um, just briefly, kind of reasons for for that. Um, Belfast, I think, sort of built a a winning team last year. They made a couple of changes, but I think. I think they'll be able to retain that um, that sort of quality. It looks to me like they have it. I think they'll be tough to overhaul their consistency. Um, yeah. Obviously, a, a bit depends on that goaltender, but yeah, look, look very good to me. Cardiff, Chef. So yeah, I just think the Sheffield team has a bit more balance to me than it did last year. And the, the things we mentioned about Cardiff, I think Sheffield are going to be slightly stronger than Cardiff this year. Uh, so I've got them, them pipping them. Us to finish ahead of Nottingham would be a, a great achievement. But as I said, I'm just being optimistic with that one. I think it'll be tough. Um, but I do think we're better than Guildford to Coventry, for sure. Um, Dundee, yeah, new team, but always seem to find good players. 
And it, it, that was a close one between them and Fife, actually. And it was just sort of me going, well, Dundee managed to find good players and have a good team. So something says they're finishing ahead of Fife. And Manchester looked the weakest. So they're at the bottom. That was it for me. Yeah, it seems reasonable. Um, I've agreed with you on first and last. And then everything in the middle is different. Okay. So I've gone Belfast one. I've gone Nottingham two, which is a big shout. That is big, yeah. It's a big shout. Um, I've gone Clan three. Oh. Yep. Sheffield four, Cardiff five. Now, I should I should point out. I think that top five will be really, really close. I think there will mm-hmm. be a, a, a quite a bit of a split there. Between the top five and the rest of the league. Yeah. Um, I love the clan third shoot. Clan third um, over Sheffield and Cardiff, which seems actually bizarre mm. now that I've said it, but I'm going with it. Well, that's the point, yeah. Um, I just think, like, you you look at all of those teams Belfast, Nottingham, Sheffield, Cardiff, they've all lost some of their better players on last season and I know that they've looked to replace them but we've kept we've managed to keep all of our players yeah and improve on it our, our main question I think is is the D Um, but I think there's there's question marks in, in all of those teams as well yeah D G and consistency for us if we can D- find consistency we'll, we'll be up there DGAF, mate. Yeah, if if we can if we can be consistent, then yeah, get a chance. But I just think that Sheffield and Cardiff are more consistent, going to be slightly more consistent than us. But I'm potentially, change, potentially. Um, we'll see there. Um, so yeah, that's my top five. And anyway, and then I've got Guildford six. I've got five seven. Okay, well, we both had Guildford 6, at least. Guildford 6, yeah. Guildford 6, 5-7, Dundee 8, Coventry 9, Manchester 10. Mm. I just, uh, again, that could be, that could be wild. Probably is wild. I think Fife have massively improved, I would say. Um, But whether that's enough to take them that high, I don't know. Dundee, Coventry, Manchester, I feel are all kind of very samey. Um, so yeah, I think it'll be a fight for that eighth, that eighth spot. Possibly, I mean, we could probably throw Fife into that as well. But I just, I feel like based on based on their team so far, um, I'm maybe actually leaning too heavy on their forwards. I don't think defensively they look all that great, but. Mm. It's just I'll stick with it. Those the coaches can get a a good season out of those players as well. Um, yeah. In the past, they have you know they've, they've put together some good teams, but also they've had some shockers. Um, kind of like we have a way in a way, but yeah, I just it, it maybe it doesn't seem right that I've got Dundee finishing ahead of. 
of Fife, given the amount of change there in Dundee, but I just kind of like them slightly more. Oh, yeah, yeah. I dislike them less. There, yeah, I'll say that. Um, That's fair. But yeah, I, I think it, like, that five at the bottom could definitely sort of interchange with each other, really. And it was kind of like that last season in, in reality, like, those the teams weren't really separated by by too much in the middle of the table. But I think, yeah, maybe this year the top teams are going to pull away a wee bit more. Um, I think so. But for, but for us, yeah, I, I like the way generally our team feels and stacks up against the others. Um, we've definitely not got the best team on paper, which we almost never will have. But there's there's a good feeling about it, and I think we're going to have some some really cracking games to look forward to. Yeah, for sure. Exciting times. Are you going to the preseason game? Yeah, I think I will be. Yeah, and yeah, and from that point of view, like the next the next time we pro- we we record, I think we'll probably be having seen the team in action. And yeah, we're so going to have go. some actual, some actual real players to talk about. Some well-informed um, post-match thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for the preseason, just in time for the, the start of the Challenge Cup. Yeah, absolutely. So that's that's in a couple of weeks. Um, another, some of the other teams are playing this year. I think. Uh, sorry, this weekend Sheffield and Nottingham playing each other, so that'll be mm. that'll be an interesting one. But as I've said, I don't think you can read too much into it. But if if either of those teams wins both games, then the other fan base will probably be in meltdown. So um, yeah. At the same time, hopefully, hopefully with us, if if we do get two wins, that there's not a you know a, an overreaction. And if if we if we don't win both of those games, then you know it won't be disaster panic stations. But let's see what happens. We'll be back with a review of those, I think. Um, and and our our predictions as ever will be terrible, so we'll review them at the end of the year. Absolutely, that's what everybody is looking forward to. Yeah, absolutely. So. Thanks to all of those that continue to listen to our 102nd and counting episode. Um, We'll catch you next time and hopefully everybody enjoys the real hockey action in person. Hockey's back. And we are never away. We never left. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, everyone. Cheers.